0: Hey, what's going on, my friends? Welcome to another episode of the Awaken Life Podcast. You know me, my name is Victor, and I'm here with my wonderful wife, Patty. Hello. Today, we're going to share with you sort of an in detail recount of our recent ayahuasca journeys. We had two over the last weekend a piece, mm-hmm. and they were sort of especially interesting and noteworthy. You know, both of us have now done that. I don't know how many times I lost count, but yeah. over twenty times each. Yeah, and and there are like a lot of situations in life where sometimes we have these, uh, you know, highs and and climaxes and conclusions where everything kind of ties together and there's other times where we have experiences that seem to be troubling and challenging and serve no purpose even though they do we've just yet to see it well this recent this recent weekend for me anyway i will hear what you have to say yeah. was extremely mm-hmm. powerful and it was uh, eye-opening and was sort of a conclusion of something a cycle that began a whole year ago and the way it unfolded for me and the way it ended up was so shocking and, mm-hmm. and surprising and literally just awe inspiring and and I swear to you like this doesn't even do it justice, but literally life changing. And so much so that me and Patty are going to choose to talk about these ceremonies, even though we understand that not everyone is so much into this, but we are, and this is a big part of our life now. Right, and, and it's our
1: podcast, so we talk about what we And we can do whatever what we, we want. We... Yeah, no, no.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so do you want to go first, love, or?
1: Um, well, do you want to just split it up night by night so one person's not talking the whole time? Yeah, okay. yeah.
0: So night one, Patty.
1: Okay, so... Um, Uh, As many of you may know, I was uh, in a sage diet, and um, so my intention for that ceremony was literally just to um, close my sage diet and um, hold space for the people in the room, and um, so um, the way that we were all positioned in the room, I had decided that I was going to try to sit up the whole the whole ceremony, which I had never done. Usually I'll lay down and then I kind of like move around and sit up eventually. So, um, so I sat up, I was like sitting up the whole time, just holding space and doing my various sprays and lighting sage and doing all the things that I just like to do during ceremony for myself. But I was also doing it for the people around me. Um, which later they they were all like, oh, I loved when you were spraying all that stuff, and every once in a while someone would be like, hey, can you spray me too? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? I saw that. Yeah, so um, so I'll just talk about my clothes. Um, I've clo- I've I've done three plant uh, dietas and um, um, all three of them are very were very different, and um, sage was by far out of the other. two of of all three of the diet, the plants that I dieted, she was the most, uh, demanding I'll say. (laughs) And, um, she really made me do a lot of inner work during my diet. So when, um, at one point I was like, okay, I have some time here. I'm going to try to like, you know, do some inner work, but the medicine, what she showed me was, um, it was sort of like, like I, I, like to describe it as a Cinderella mirror, like the, like but it was like a handheld one because it had like a really cool, um, sort of vintage-looking, like outline or whatever. And I saw like my eyes, but then this, effi- like a shadow, sort of went in front of the reflection of the mirror, and, um, and so I didn't end up seeing my face in the in my whole face in the mirror. And when I went up for my second cup, I, I said, okay, I'm ready to look at myself now because I thought maybe I was just not ready to look at myself. But when I <clears throat> went back, oh, and my other intention was not just to close sage but hold and hold space, but was also to just be more in touch with my feeling grateful for, um, my life and all the things that I have. So, um, so after I drank my second cup, I said, okay, I'm ready to look at myself now. And when I went back to my space, I just was overwhelmed with this intense feeling of gratitude and love. And, um, the medicine just was saying, you did enough work. You don't need to do any more work right now. You did enough. Let's just integrate that and focus on gratitude and love. So, um, that was really exciting for me. And, um, uh, before the ceremony I had mentioned to Kat, that I might want to sing my sage song to sage if I was not crying or, you know, blubbery. So, um, sorry if I'm a little bit like going back and forth. I just, uh, uh, I'm excited about it. (laughs) I'd like to share this with you guys. So my other two diets that I closed with ceremony, I knew I was like just crying and like, like I miss my friend and you know, but with sage, sage was really powerful for me for strength during the uh, during my diet. And as um, my t- my teacher came and was like, "Are you ready to close?" And I was like, "Okay." I went up, and she's singing to me, and the uh, the feeling that I felt, I felt like, "Okay, I'm I'm sad that my my diet is over," but sage just said to me, "This isn't goodbye." this is I'll see you later. And I was overwhelmed with this intense feeling of strength and gratitude. And I just was sitting there just allowing the connection to be released from me and Sage. And um, it was really, really beautiful. And then Kat, when she was done, she said to me, "Um, did you want to sing your song to Sage? And I was like, yeah. So um, I went back and I, uh, I sang my song as like my final sort of farewell or see you la- my final, see you later. And, um, and it was really, really beautiful for me. It was, um, yeah, I was very happy with the way the first ceremony went.
0: Yeah. It was nice. Yeah. Cool. And
1: later a lot of people came up to me after and was like, oh my God, your song, it really helped me through, you know, a really challenging time during my ceremony and it was cool.
0: Yeah, it was good. It was the first time I was able to hear you sing during ceremony. I was right next to you actually, Uh which is funny because most circles would advise against that. Mm-hmm. because when you're really close with somebody, it's difficult for you to allow them to have their own time. Mm-hmm. But Patty and I are so close that I can look over and see her throwing up or whatever. and, and
1: I'm be, like, good for you, and honey. And be completely
0: like, yeah. neutral. Like, okay, that's her thing. She's, I'm like, she's fine.
1: I have like, when people are purging, I'm like, yeah, get it out. Good for you. Yeah. you know? But
0: it's cool that we can sit together and and really have the appropriate type of relationship during ceremony where we, we can like allow each other to go through a process like without even hesitation
1: yeah it's cool
0: yeah so anyway mine was very different obviously i was not doing any diets or anything like patty but i had a few intentions one of them was to I'll, just t- I'll share about the main one. And this I warn you, this is going to get very out there for probably some of you, okay? But I'm just going to be very honest <laughs> about what I've been experiencing this past year. So I have to kind of backtrack a little bit. About a year ago when I was at Rhythmia, I on the fourth night, the Yahé night, which is a very powerful ceremony, I was sort of inspired to take more cups of medicine than usual. I had three cups, and I knew it was going to be a big deal, and it was. And what had happened to me, right after that third cup, I went and laid back down, and I had my most um, visceral, extraterrestrial contact experience, where I was, in a sense, being spoken with telepathically and invited, I was invited on this ship, believe it or not. Now, I I didn't really see what it was like to be on the ship, but I had the sensation of going somewhere. And once I was at this new place, I, I was getting all these different messages. And then at the end of that, if that wasn't kind of out there enough, what had happened, I was sort of, I had to throw up. And once I threw up, what what popped in my mind was like the most horrific sort of thought I could have ever had was that that I have to let go of one of my children was what I thought at the time. I thought after this this awesome ET experience, I, it, the way I was like so connected on the medicine, it seemed like it like something was going to happen to one of my kids and it was so real it was the it was the realest thing i've ever experienced and it was so devastating and in fact i sobbed for like two days i went through I went through the breath workshop the next day and I just like mourned as if this was like already had happened, which it didn't. And it still hasn't. It's not going to. I'll tell you why. Um, But it was this really crazy ass thing that why would I have had this awesome ET contact that up until that moment was like the most badass thing I could have ever imagined. It was so freaking amazing and cool and like, wow. And then this horrible thing. And then I spent uh, I spent months trying to understand it. I had sessions with our shaman, like personal calls with them, trying to like understand what it was. And it was pretty cut and dry what it was. It was like, listen, these these sort of releases are not necessarily meant to be taken literally. They're just something within your consciousness. It could be ancestral. It could be past life, etc. cetera. Um, but it still felt so real and felt so pressing and felt so like it was this impending doom. This horrible thing was going to happen, it felt like. Um, and then, you know, after a long time, after like months of looking at it from different perspectives, finally, three days before this recent ceremony, the whole reason of sharing this with you, I had another contact experience just like that. It was a, it was the first time since having it. And the way this happened had nothing to do with plant medicine. It was it happened to me in a dream. And in this particular dream, I was sort of playing around with this, uh, there was like this dress. I was like moving around this dress and out of this dress, were these mantises, these mantis bugs, big mantis things coming out. And in the dream, I knew this is like, this had something to do with ETs. I just had this knowing in the dream. And then I woke up, didn't think much of it. But when I woke up, I felt the presence of extraterrestrials in the room.
1: <laughs> yeah, I want to actually add something. I'm sorry. I was trying not to like, like say anything. But that exact night, I heard singing or like speaking or something. And it's it was like I was kind of like half awake, half asleep. And that woke me up Wow! at the same time because we talked about this the next day.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there was something going on in the something, room there.
1: Yeah, something was happening and we were yeah. both feeling it.
0: And what really was, uh sealed the deal for me is I started getting the same exact type of telepathic communication, which I don't get all the time. It's not a normal thing for me. And what popped in my head was visitation. Once I became sort of aware that there were presences if you will in the room and then i was like kind of going back and forth with these ets by that time i was like okay here we are let's just let's do this um and then what happened was this huge like pocket of fear it felt like was released inside of my body and it was a different type of paranoid sort of premonition like fear and it was a fear that i was going to die young and it was very real very very like holy crap Am I going to die young because this feels so incredibly real? So anyway, these two things sort of happened to me, right? And up until that point, I still didn't fully understand it. I had my idea that this, these were just sort of metaphors and I was releasing, you know, ancestral karma, et cetera, but I still wasn't, my mind was still not settled because the way it came up, it just felt like these things were going to happen in my life. They felt so real. And so I, I shared this with the shaman. as like I, I have an intention. This happened two days ago. I'd like to go into this and see what the heck this is all about. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, sure enough, I got into my ceremony, and we all—I, me, and Patty both—kind of had the intention to not go very deep because there's a lot of people there that we were that knew us and everything. We're and we were just holding space. Kind of holding space for other people. It was not our time to go deep. Um, and. And the first couple cups, I didn't go all that deep. You know, I was taking these little itty-bitty baby cups, just trying to <laughs> kind of, you know, graze graze through the experience a little bit. And then finally after the third cup, even though it was a, actually it was a bigger amount. <laughs> I went up there and I was like, I would like a very teeny bit amount. And the shaman gave me kind of a decent amount. And I, I don't know, I thought I, that might have been intentional. It's
1: because you needed it. Yeah. That's why. Because the medicine tells them, you know, yeah. how much to pour.
0: Yeah. But I went back. This is, going to, this is going to all get somewhere, I promise you. Pretty mind-blowing. <laughs> this is getting ready for the climax here, okay? <laughs> so I went back to my seat, and then I, I I started to go into my experience. And the way the way the medicine works for me is I can drink it and then have sort of the benign, not benign, but sort of just the your stereotypical effects. I see visuals, I feel a bit differently, and almost like there's just distortions in my perception. But there's always an unmistakable moment where it feels like the presence of the ayahuasca comes into my space. And I, I feel this rush throughout my body. And it's always the same way. I feel a rush throughout my body that kind of emanates from my stomach, where I feel myself become very vulnerable and now in the presence of this huge crazy, this huge being, this mm. huge intelligence. And that's when lessons and things are put forth into my, where I'm almost almost in a sense, have to go through what she wants to show me and it's sort of it's always a difficult thing to let go into because it feels like i'm being kind of infiltrated a little bit <laughs> but anyway that happened right so i let go i'm like okay and at that point i was like come on this ceremony's almost over i don't i, I don't want to be going in this deep right now but it, it, i couldn't resist it as i can't any other time so anyway it started coming on and i forgot the way it happened but i just felt my consciousness expand so much where I started to become almost to the point where it was off-putting like I know the way I'm perceiving myself and reality it's downright scary because it's so foreign I'm never in this high 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 state of consciousness and where I could see things just from that like soul higher self perspective and then what happened was like I, I can't recall exactly how it unfolded but I got into this situation where it became very, very clear to me that those energies that were coming up, both at Rhythmia and the other night, were because, and this pop, This literally popped in my head. It said, because you're opening up the doors to parallel incarnations. And I could see with crystal, crystal clarity that what I was experiencing in this body of mine was the connectedness that I was now tapping into of other versions of myself in existence that were going through those experiences. So it was, in a sense, me going through that, but there were just other versions of me. And the beautiful thing was it was brought to my attention that because I'm now doing this, I'm able to, in a sense, offer assistance and help to other versions of me. And like by, like, for example, when I when I, that happened at Rhythmia, I cried like, like, like for days, like as if it had really happened to me, something happened to my kids. And I, I saw that that was actually um, like lightening the load for like these, <clears throat> these other versions of myself. And I was like, wow, as sucky as it is to, to feel this, I'm happy to do it because I, I felt such a love. for myself, such a love connection for these other versions of me, which were just as equal part of me as, as I am the one, the guy, you know, and it was just so insane to me that like the way reality works is there are literally other versions of Victor and my soul having these different types of lives and scenarios. And not only that, which is and crazy in itself. Um, but, uh, but I can, we can all help each other and tap into one another. And that's what I'm now doing, apparently. Yeah. That's like these different cycles I'm going through in my life. Yeah. And the, the way it was experienced was, it, I've always believed that to be the case. It's a mental idea, though. But the other night, I literally experienced the connectedness with these other versions of myself, living in parallel lives or whatever. So that was nuts. Yeah. <laughs> that was crazy. So that was like the bulk of my first night Yeah, that I'll leave at that. But real quick, anyway, it, it also made it made, it made made perfect sense. It, it allowed me to no longer see these surfacing powerful emotions that don't seem to have a place in my current existence. I was able to see them now for what they are and not worry about them so much. I've been worried this past year. Like, what if these things are premonitions? Mm-hmm. What if something, all these bad things are going to start happening to me? Because they really felt like that. Now, not only has my... Um, my nerves been settled perfectly because it was so clear to me. But now it's like, there's this whole other dimension to myself that I'm now connected to and aware of. So it was nuts, man. Yeah. Go ahead, love. Try to top that. No, I'm just kidding.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, I, um, both of my journeys were not very super deep, but I did the second night I did get, um, some, uh, a very powerful message. So I'll share that now. <clears throat> my um, intention for the second night was to um, just come into my power even more. And, it, it, my, and when I say that, it's not just my power in daily life, I mean, my power, like as a medicine woman, and um, also to uh, really start to trust my intuition more Uh, and, um, the,
0: uh, sorry, real quick. I wrote her a little note. Yeah, I'm and, sorry. And, <laughs> it and had I had to would, be written.
1: It had to be written, but I I also, um, didn't understand it until that's why the, yeah, pause. that's why there was the long pause. So, anyway, um, yeah, and to trust my intuition more. So, um, The beginning part of the ceremony, as I mentioned, I wanted to sit up, like, you know, before that my, my intention, like for my physical body was to sit up the whole time during ceremony. So after the first cup, when I started to feel the medicine come on, it started coming on very intensely and it became very challenging for me to sit up and, um, I kept like trying to like move around and like get comfortable and, and the whole first hour or so of ceremony was me questioning my, my journey. Like, is this something I want to do? You know, how am I going to be able to do this? How can I hold space for people? What do you you know, like she was really reflecting my, um, my fears and my discouraging thoughts to myself. Um, and, uh, so um, after it sort of leveled out and wasn't as intense for me, people were coming up to me and asking me to like give them oil or spray them with something. And I, I hadn't had anyone actually come up to me during ceremony. I'm not like a guardian yet where, where at least we haven't like discussed that where like people will come up if you like want to be served rapé or anything like that. So, and at one point, um, someone came up and, and asked and said to me, you know, I'm feeling a lot of uh, ego in my hands and he was wanting me to like help him through that. And my first thought was, you know, tell him, send him to the shamans. But then I got this very strong, like, nope, no, you got this. So I started like, you know, doing work on him and spraying him and, you know, trying to move some, some energy for him. And, um, when he went back down, Victor was like, are you sure that's okay that you did that? And I was like, well, I was like, yeah, it's fine. And then I was like, well, maybe it's not. So when I went up for my second cup, I kind of like asked, you know, the shamans like, was that okay? And, um, and they were like, yeah. And then one, one of the shamans was like, what was your intention And she kind of smiled at me and I was like, oh, it was to trust my intuition. And, um, and, um, so that was like the closing of that part. Now, um, after my, my second cup, um, I'm just sitting there just sort of holding space and trying to, you know, um, keep the energy clear. Cause I'm like on, I was like on the end of the space. And a lot of times the, the energy kind of goes in circles. And so I was just trying to cl- clean, keep the energy clean. And, um, I heard, uh, one of the shamans lean into the other one and said, go ask Patty if she wants to sing. My heart started pounding. Oh, I forgot to mention this. I was thinking in earlier in the ceremony, like, oh, If they ask me to sing, I want to know if I can remember the words. And I couldn't remember the the words to my song. So when the other shaman came up and asked me uh, if I want to sing, I was like, I don't know. I can't remember the words to my song. I'm like, I was like freaking out because I couldn't remember it. And I knew it, but it just wouldn't come to me. So I was afraid that it would just would never come. And she said to me, trust your intuition. And then she walked away and I was sitting there and I'm like, okay, remember the words, remember the words, remember the words. And I could not remember the words. There was this very long pause and I'm thinking, what if I never, what if they never come? And then I'm like, well, something's got to happen because they're not singing until I'm done. So I was like, okay. So the song that I was going to sing was my song that I sang to Rose. So I immediately was like, okay, Rose, I need you to, to come in. So I sprayed myself with rose water and got my rose oil and I sat and I just breathed and I like tried to calm myself down and the words came to me as soon as my mind stopped. And then I, uh, started singing and, um, so it was, I don't know, I guess that was like my clothes, but people were purged. Someone was purging and they came up to me later and was like, your song helped me release this, this uh, really intense purge and it was so beautiful to be able to like have your voice like kind of guiding me through that. And I was like, oh my God, yay. Yeah.
0: I I think it's funny that, that uh, this is probably the only circumstance where you perform and you sing and you feel good when someone throws up in response. Yes, I know.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I love it.
0: I started singing and they just started throwing up everywhere. Yeah. And I was so, I felt so good about myself. Yeah. Yeah. Were you done? I thought you were done. Um No, rush. I just thought you were. Yeah, no. I think, yeah, okay. I think
1: if I think of anything else, I might like interrupt your story. What but... is it? You have to. That <laughs> no, I'm it's, Okay. But very cool. But, yeah. But, uh, I'm just kidding. I'm gonna write you
0: another note if you don't watch it.
1: I am just kidding.
0: Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so I was actually there listening to your your song, and it was pretty cool. I was like watching you like struggle to sing, like you were like. <sighs> Oh, like breathing and like cracking your neck and doing all these things and I was just like I just part of me was like just just do it just do it. you got this um and it was cool because the the two times I heard you sing it's it's evident that you're still kind of getting comfortable doing it mm-hmm. and like the first part of the song you're a little bit like like quieter and like you're not really into your flow but it's neat to watch you drop into your flow about a third of the way through and, and that'll sort of time nicely with the climaxes of the song mm-hmm. and you're to start belting out your voice a little more powerfully and it's just, it's like this whoa yeah like take folks on a ride I, I, I almost purged during your song
1: nice i would have been like rooting for you um i kind of do that on purpose though like some, I, I didn't, I, I hadn't like mentioned this before, but I almost do it on purpose as a way to like, it's not just to, to warm me up, but I know my voices can be very loud. So it's almost a way to warm up the room to like the sound. If I was just to start singing, it would be jarring. I yeah. Think. So, okay. Good call. So well, it's that, cool. It works. It works for you. Yeah.
0: But anyway, that was neat. Um. So my, my second night was, I don't remember. Oh yeah. My intentions were trust, but it was sort of shown to me that the whole thing that happened last night, the night before was like just such an example of trust where something had what seemed to be like the worst case scenario I could even imagine happened to me in my life. And it was like, oh my God, how could good come out of this? And it was this whole year of not knowing what the hell it all meant. And then it was like really all of that was to open me up to this this quantum leap of recognition of how much bigger my soul is and all these different beautiful connections I have. So, anyway, mm-hmm. so that my point is this, this: this second night was not so much about trust for me. There was a couple of ma- things that happened. One of them was I found myself in such a, a deep state of gratitude and reverence for the our, the people we work with, these shamans, these women. They are so wonderful. And they, it's like, it made me have such an appreciation for just the experience in itself, because going into our darkness is hard, obviously, and doing it in the way that ayahuasca allows you to, it's really hard. It can be really, really, just really, it's like a lot of work. It's not, it's not fun and roses. We're not getting high. It's like we're getting low in a sense, (laughs) Um, but just the way they they cycle through their different ikaros and their songs and play their instruments and hold such beautiful space. It really makes me feel, in such a challenging circumstance, so comforted and so safe and so secure and so empowered to go into myself. And I found myself just like observing them and just feeling such gratitude. Um, in fact, there was this one kind of cool and cool, cool, a funny little side note. Um, so like the p- earlier part of their songs, at least this particular night, were more of like the tra- traditional caros, where they're it's sort of in a sense designed to kick stuff up where they can sound a little bit jarring and uncomfortable. They're not like pleasant sounding so much, so all uh, some of them anyway. Um, but then usually once it kicks, kick up the energy for people, they take a little, a little prelude and then they start singing these like more beautiful, like comforting, like feminine songs. And this, this one person, I won't say her name, but she started to sing and she's got a real beautiful voice. And I was watching this one guy who, who kept getting up and wandering around the whole time mm-hmm. and he had gotten up and he was like about to walk outside. And then he like looked over cause she started singing and he like, he did a double take where he like, he, he's like, he noticed she was singing and looked at the door and then he kept listening and he looked back again. And then he decided to go and sit back down. Like, <laughs> I don't want to miss this. What, I didn't know this is coming, in, mm-hmm. coming into the space. Um, anyway, so that was part of it. I just felt so much appreciation for being able to work with these women who are just so amazing. Yeah. And they're just, they're so wise and so helpful. And I just love them so much. Yeah. And I just found myself really feeling that. But that was, then, then what happened later on was what people call, let me take a sip of water here. That's the name they call it. Let me take a sip of water here. That's the name of what I'm about to yeah. say. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you agreed. No, it's mm-hmm. uh, what happened to me was a surgery a, of a spiritual nature, a spiritual surgery. This is something that does happen, and it happens so frequently to people on ayahuasca that when we go to Rhythmia, the the owner Jerry, um, it's like one of their four categories for the type of experience one can have according to their process. And one of them is a spiritual, a sacred surgery, they call it. This is where, believe it or not, Oftentimes, not always, but oftentimes beings of various types will appear, will appear before you, whether it's, it could be something you recognize like Jesus or Buddha or something. Or yeah, angels. Or spirit guides or angels or extraterrestrials. A lot of the time it's what that is. Um, for for people. For people. Oh, okay. According to the, the owner, Jerry. Okay. So mostly it's ETs that gotcha. come in um and then you they uh, basically offer to work on you and if you give them permission then they will <laughs> for me it's not like that i usually don't see any beings but i can sense presences of what feels like my my spirit guides or, or like the connections i have on the other side that are sort of watching over me i can feel connected to them and that in itself is sort of a twofold it's a, it's, a, it's it produces for me mixed emotions on one hand it's awesome, like, wow, I'm able to actually connect and, like, really feel the presences of guides, these, these in benevolent sort of angelic friends on the other side. They're actually there and I can feel them now in my presence. On the other hand, it's a little bit off-putting. It almost reminds me of like what death is probably like, like, like it's getting close to the other side. What's happening to me? Why is this happening? Kind of. So it sort of a, brings up nerves for me a little, a little bit as well. But then beyond that, what happens to me, and again, this is very common, is you feel, and I say you feel, like others, because this is sort of a general experience that many have, where you feel like you're being given an anesthetic. Where for me, it feels like there's a, a like a mask, like that, you have a mask that's put on over your face that delivers the anesthesia. Which I've had surgery; it has a very particular smell. Um, And if you can literally, you can, I I can smell it as if there's a straight up mask on my face. It's Mm -hmm. so freaking clear. And and it's that unmistakable smell. And it's like, oh my, holy shit, is this actually happening to me? I sometimes Mm -hmm. will get up and look around like, no, they're not spraying this smell with other, with like, whatever. I'm, this is just me. And it's so real. Um, And then my face and other people's face will kind of go numb, quite a bit numb. You feel your your face and your body, and especially your limbs and hands and feet, just really go not completely numb, like they're falling asleep, but I'd say about two thirds of the way there. You're freaking sitting there numb, you're feeling the presence of other beings, and, and, and you smell the gas mask. I was like, holy shit, is this going? Is this happening to me? Um, and then once it starts, you can you can feel energy like moving through your body. And there's just this unmistakable feeling of you are being worked on and in, in like with your subtle energy and your chakras and so forth. And uh, sometimes there's an awareness I've had where I know what's being removed or worked on or adjusted. This time, it was more just like every time I would allow myself to relax, the surgeries would begin and I would just I could come out of it if I wanted to. But having gone through it before, I knew what was happening, and it, it's a blessing. It's a really like, a gift. It's a graceful healing. So I did my best just to stay still, and let these surgeries transpire. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds so funny. Um, and then towards the end, I just had the thought. I didn't ask directly, but I had the thought, like, I wonder what this is. What this is representing? And then I was told what it represented. I'm not going to say it for reasons I have. But I was told specifically what the surgery was all about. And it was like, oh, damn.
1: <laughs> That's freaking
0: profound. Wow. <laughs> and that was, that was my surgery. <laughs> <laughs> and then I came out of that feeling like I felt so amazing, man. In fact, at the end of that particular ceremony, I shared something. Because it was like a, a long journey of mine. Like the, those two nights sort of concluded and capped off what began a year ago. And I shared with you, and I'll sort of end with this, um, and then you can say something if you want love. Quick sip there, sorry. I I shared something that my friend, my assistant and friend Forrest said to me. He's a meditation master. He's he really is a meditation master. He's he's studied with monks and was taught professionally by psychiatrists, and he's really good with meditation and lives it. Mm -hmm. And And you
1: can see it when you're in the presence of him. He's like incredibly mindful. One of the most mindful people in real life
0: I actually know. Yeah, if not the most. Yeah. And uh, he said to me one time, we were talking about my meditation practice. And he said, yeah, you know what? A lot of times, uh, seekers, if you will, people who are, are meditators and, and striving for enlightenment or whatever, um, they, they get to these blocks in their meditation practice where they start to feel in the middle of their session, very restless, very anxious, very like resentful and resistant to the meditation where they just want to get up and like they're just like stirring in their seat kind of. And he said, but... That's just the ego kind of sensing uh, its further demise in a sense. It's the ego holding on and sort of flaring up for one last hurrah. And he said, if you can sort of ride those periods out and continue, you know, counting your mantras, or whatever you're doing, meditative meditation wise, then if you can wait it out, then you can sink deeper than ever before. You can hit a brand new threshold and breakthrough in your meditation practice. And, and what I shared with the group at, after the ceremony was that that was kind of what had transpired with me over the last year is I, I had that really challenging circumstance at Rhythmia a year ago, I mentioned. And then after that, my, my ayahuasca ceremonies were very, very challenging, very dark. And it got to the point where I didn't want to go back in. I was like, sort of scarred from it. Like, man, I don't want to, I don't want to keep going into this. I feel like I'm coming out worse off than before. It's just kicking stuff up that I don't know what to deal with. Don't know, I don't understand. And I, I experienced that sort of egoic resistance to the medicine. And I, I would talk to my teachers about it, and they're like, You just gotta keep trusting, man. And then, sure enough, you know, this, these last two ceremonies, because I persevered and kept going, they were, it made, for one, like it all made sense. And I got to a level of depth and, and trust and, and connectedness. And it was this beautiful, beautiful, just amazing. Um, conclusion and resolve and transformation that ensued because i just kept going and i just trusted and i just trusted the process and persevered so that was sort of that's one of the reasons why i wanted to share about this because it was so profound for me so anything you want to share before we go
1: no i don't think so
0: i'm trying to think here so Yeah, that's it. That's it, I think. That's it. I hope you all enjoyed that and got something out of it. We definitely have, as you can see. (laughs) And we will be here next week. We wish you well. Have an amazing day and a fantastic journey. Namaste. Namaste.